Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only Anna Kelly. Hi, Anna. Hi, good to be here with you today. Uh, something I'm going to take a wild guess at is you watched uh, a video of Ray Dalio in Davos uh, where he was talking about cash. He was talking about equities and uh, you know what people are supposed to be doing today. I'm, did you see that uh, interview? I didn't see that one, but I saw an interview he did earlier this week or late last week with Jeremy Grantham, oh, where he yes. said, cash is trash and equities are trashier. Yeah, I said that, that I'm, go I'm going to like coin that and put it, put it on Facebook because it, it, it might be true right now. You know, Grantham and some others would disagree that cash is trash right now. Um, but, but I definitely think equities are trashier right now. Yeah, actually, I saw both things. So again, Ray Dalio is definitely using that line because he took that from his his Jeremy and his conversation, like which is forty five minutes or so. It's a pretty long interview. That was pretty cool. And there's a five minute Davio's quote where he's like, "Cash is trash, equities are trashier." And then kind of at the end, the interview got him to talk about well, what are people to do? Right, you're telling them not to be in cash. You're telling them not to be in equities. He's like, basically, he said, "I don't know. I don't know why you're making this so hard. Buy hard assets like the yes. 1970s." I'm like, "Duh." Yes. <laughs> this is what Anna and I have been talking about forever. So let's kind of break this down because you and I have both said hard assets good. You and I have both said we are raising our cash balance, which yes. kind of goes against that. But let's talk about all of that anywhere you want to go. Sure. So one of the things that um, I, we talked about a little bit in video number one is um, when we talk about cash as trash, that's because we're in a period of inflation, right? And so if you think inflation is here to stay for a long time, like Ray Dalio does, his thought is we are in stagflation. We are in a period where the American economy is in great trouble, and so is the global economy. He believes that food scarcity, food scarcity is up 50%. Labor shortages will, you know, will drive up wages, energy crisis, energy shortage, and all of that is going to result in a period of much higher inflation as a norm for decades than what we're seeing today. So because he believes that we're heading toward a long-term infl inflationary new paradigm that we're not used to. He's like, the last thing you want to do is sit on inflation because every year it could be six, seven, eight, 10, 12% when you talk about, you know, food, shelter, and, um, and energy. And so that's why he says cash is trash. Now, there's others who say, absolutely not. We're heading toward major global slowdown, which we talked about a little bit in video number two. Um, and because of that, we're heading into recession. So we don't have to worry about inflation too long. So the question is, do you believe that inflationary pressures are here for the long term or the short term? Mm -hmm. And how do you react? Right. So personally, I've also listened to others like Jeremy Grantham, Warren Buffett. They're saying invest in hard assets. So all of them are on the same page there. And so I feel really good if I want to be anywhere in these crazy markets mm -hmm. where I don't know if the experts that say, say we're heading toward deep global recession or the ones that say deep inflation are right. I need a hedge a little for both and hard assets hedge both, right? Cash is going to be eaten away during inflation. But if you think we're heading toward a recession, I'd rather have some cash now. They do have a lot of liquidity. They, they don't, he doesn't want you to have all your money in cash. That could be dangerous, but they still have a lot of liquidity to weather inflation, to be able to invest in other things when they have investable opportunities. And so- yeah temporarily having some cash might be a really wise hedge, but over the long term, 
if things are moving inflationary, then I think Dalio's right that over the long term, you don't want to just sit on cash and try to save money in a savings account. You want to invest in hard assets. Yeah, I think I think the when I hear this concept of cash is trash, and I think it was episode two we talked about, I think we have a year of stagflation followed by a nasty recession. Yes. To me, what cash becomes is an option on opportunity. Yes. And what to me, what it, what inflation is, is just the option cost, right? Yes. Let's just use made up numbers. I got a million bucks in cash. That would probably, again, my, my net worth is nowhere close to Ray Dalio. So a million bucks is a big part of my net worth. Again, this is just an example. Right. Ray Dalio would basically say you're an idiot because again, that's a disproportionate amount of your net worth in an asset yeah. that's going down. Yes. Um, Jeremy Granted would probably come out and say, smart move, right? You're going to, you're going to be the buyer of last resort. You're going to pull yes. a Warren Buffett where you get 10% plus warrants from Goldman Sachs. Cause you're the only guy with a checkbook. Right. Right. So there's kind of both stories. I did this on purpose again, whatever the number is, it is because I, I have a plan to buy assets on a depressed basis and I have done it before. I yes. have rode this cycle before. So I have experienced, this is not theory to me. Yes. And I know having a liquidity uh, a large amount of liquidity set aside will allow banks who maybe want to take back apartment buildings because you and I, or at least I believe that's where the big pain's coming. They will give me apartment buildings for the debt, taking over the debt, as long as I escrow reserves or whatever. Right. So I did it before. Dozens and dozens of units in the last crisis. I plan to do it again. To me, my cash is an option and opportunity. Now, I don't see this option coming this year. Right. But I, again, told my entire channel, I was getting debt sub 4% because I would get debt while it was cheap, while it was easy. Yeah. I didn't want to raise debt when banks would say no. Again, right. I've been here before. Right. So I borrow half a million bucks at four, sub 4%. I sit on it for a year, a year and a half. I get the opportunities. And if I don't, I just pay off the debt. No harm, no foul. Exactly. Right? And I, I love that you said that because this is exactly what I'm talking to my coaching students about. They're like, oh, I don't want to hold all this money or take my equity and then I can't find anything. It's like taking the money is your opportunity to be able to have something to invest in later. If you don't take the money now and take your equity now and have that, it may be too hard to get your money out later if values come down in real estate and the, the economy slows down, banks are going to say no. So to your point, you know, when I looked at, at inflation being at least eight, right, headline eight, maybe it's more, right? Um, if I'm still borrowing at four or five, the inflation risk is on the bank, not on me, it's, right? Yeah, you're borrowing at negative rates. Exactly. It's Yeah, you're actually making money. Yeah, I know it's not hard. It's hard to see tangibly, but you're making money on an inflation adjusted basis by having a loan. Mm -hmm. Now, if I have cash, the problem is, okay, that cash is now losing 8% purchasing power. But when Dalio says cash is trash and equities are trashier, would I rather have a known loss of 8% that I can then have liquidity to go offset that when I find stuff cheaper? Or do I want to be in equities where I have an unknown, uh, unknown risk that might be 20 or 30 or 70%? So equities are much riskier than cash. Cash does have risk, but if I'm losing... 8% on my money. If I don't think that inflation is going to be eight for a super long time, by the end of the year, it might only be four or five. But if that allows me to go deploy that money in a year and make 20, 30, 40% on that money, that cost of four or five 
really isn't that much. It's the opportunity cost. And I'm making money on the spread if that money's sitting there because it's been leveraged. Yeah. I, I keep telling folks, and it's in my first book, it's even in my second book, there's a lending environment and then there's a housing or real estate environment. Yes. And whether you like it or not, they're not in sync. They're right. just not. So what did we do? What did I do six months ago? What did I tell my channel to do? What did my experts and I talk about? Raise capital when the banks want to give it to you. Yes. We've all said that over and over, over again. Over and over. Because again, when the opportunities come, banks will be scared. Now, banks not may not be as abrupt as they were with me in 08, where they said no and hell no. They may go to you and say, we'll loan to you, but it's going to be at eight and a half percent. And oh, by the way, we're not going to do 70% LTV. We're going to do 60% LTV. And that's already happening, Michael. And I think that's really important to note um, in the multifamily, in the commercial space, in both Fannie, Freddie, these conventional loans and bridge debt, they are slashing the LTV at which they will borrow. Why are they doing that? Because they see ahead what's starting to, you know, what's on the horizon. They've learned from last time, even though this is a little different, they're, they're, a li they're trying to get ahead of it this time. And when things really, when things really start to go down, they're not going to care about how much equity you have. They care about how much liquidity do you have? Why? Because they want to make sure that you have reserves that you can weather some economic pain. I'll give you one example. The only loan I was ever denied until recently on a beach house Chase didn't want to finance because there was a name storm in the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. So they denied it. Other than that, the first loan I was ever really denied for was a hard money loan. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how can you deny me from a hard, for a hard money loan when I had at the time like 100 units, multi-million dollar net worth? They denied me because I didn't have six months expenses for all my properties ah. because investors were going under. And I'm like, yeah. No one in their right mind would ever hold six months worth of, of expenses, you know, liquid when we can make much more than that. But what I learned from that is that when the economy is painful, banks don't care about net worth, they care about liquidity. And so that to this point is why, even though cash may be trash for the long term, it's an opportunity cost that sets you up for a much better position in the future. And it's why I took equity loans out, out on a lot of the properties that I kept so that I would have it. And I'm paying that opportunity cost of the interest. But again, I've moved the inflation risk to the bank. And now banks will love me. And this time they will lend to me. Last time we had a crisis, it stalled me for years. This time I'm putting myself in a position with the liquidity to be able to really capitalize on a downturn. Yeah. And again, where I'm shopping right now is residential one through fours, because I think that's the safest place. Obviously, for me, it's about 30 year debt. That's that's where yes. I'm playing. I will absolutely look forward to 1031 exchanging probably late next year, the year after, because I see lots and lots of pain coming to the commercial and multifamily market from people who over levered uh, banks. This the Brit. The bridge debt going on in multifamily today is exactly like the two and 28s that blew up housing. It and is. It's so much the same. It's why I haven't done any. And I've been warning, just like Jonathan Twomley on your show, get yeah. out of bridge debt. It's too much risk. And everybody thought we were idiots. And some of them made some good money as they got out at the yeah. right time. The market was what they needed. But a lot of those that have bridge debt are those that are going to be really hurt, unfortunately. I've, I've seen a few deals with bridge debt, new deals with bridge debt. I'm like, are you like you're you're losing your LP's money as soon as you close? What are you doing? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. There's scary. a few exceptions. There's some amazing syndicators in areas where there's really, really, really a lack of supply, um, and where they've gotten something off market that the rents were seriously way under rent as is. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to weather this for a little bit. So I wouldn't be totally broad swath, but I'd say 90% of the deals I've seen with bridge debt are risky deals, not risk adjusted, not super experienced indicators. And and 90%, again, if you're a novice LP and you're just by betting a reputation, nine out of 10 are bad. That's not good odds. That's That's not good odds. Anna, where can people find you? Great. You can find me here every week on our show. You can find me at social media, Anna Kelly, REI mom. You can find me at reimom.com. And if you are an accredited investor investing in safe, uh, conservative multifamily deals that we make an impact on our community, you can look for me at greaterpurposecapital.com. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. Thank you.